Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Episode 46, Architect. The new building site for Seventh Church of Christ Scientist Seattle was everything that the former location was not. The lot was flat. It was large enough that the Sunday school could be on the same level as the church auditorium and also have a park-like yard outside the Sunday school doors. It was on a residential street surrounded by single-family houses. It was a safe area for children and quiet, very quiet. The search committee found the property just as the sale of their previous lot at First Avenue West and Olympic Place was closing. In November 1925, information about the site at the top of Queen Anne Hill was presented to the membership. Then on December 28th, the decision was quick and harmonious. The members were overwhelmingly in favor of the new location. The vote was almost unanimous. The lot was purchased for $5,700, considerably less than the cost of their previous lot. At church services in the weeks leading up to a special collection for the building fund, the first reader gave this desk notice. It is with deep gratitude that the announcement may now be made to this congregation that a church site situated at the corner of 8th Avenue West and West Halliday Street, served by three car lines, has been purchased by 7th Church of Christ Scientist, and that steps towards the erection of a church edifice are now in progress. This temple must first be erected in the hearts of its members. The unselved love that builds without hands, eternal in the heaven of spirit, the First Church of Christ Scientist and Miscellany, and to this end, consecrated prayer and effort are required. Along with the new year came new leadership for the project. A newer member, Oscar Marcus Cullion was appointed chair of the building committee. Mr. Cullion was well known in Seattle for his work in construction. Often referred to as O.M. Cullion, his business, the Cullion Construction Company, had been building brick homes in Queen Anne and would soon complete a major development project by Denny Way between Western and Elliott Avenues, the Cullion Industrial Center. Besides his work as a real estate developer, Cullion was also a very active member of Seventh Church. He was a ministry worker on the Church Extension Committee that held services at area prisons and at the Fort Lewis Army Base, and he was assistant Sunday school superintendent. He was the board chair when the membership was deciding whether to sell their previous building site, and he handled the sale of the property. He had been involved with the building committee since the evaluation of the building site in 1924 
that led to its sale. Now Colian was building committee chair. Starting in January 1926, there was a new level of activity on the project. Things were moving quickly. First, they needed to finally decide what they wanted in a building. At a meeting of the board, the finance committee, and the building committee, they decided on a recommendation to the membership. A church edifice with an auditorium for 500 and a Sunday school for 325 for the cost of $60,000. If such a church could not be built for that cost, they would reduce the seating capacity, but not the grandeur of the architecture. They recommended a mortgage of no more than $45,000. If there were cost overruns, they would raise more money or defer a portion of the work, but they would not increase the amount of debt. The members approved this recommendation. In the spirit of this fresh start, the members wanted the building committee to also revisit the selection of architect. If there was ever any criticism of Daniel Riggs Huntington's work, it was not recorded in the meeting minutes or surviving building committee letters. Former building committee chair John Gibson expressed special appreciation for how generous Mr. Huntington had been with his time, working closely with him as though he were a member of the committee. As for architectural qualifications, Huntington was certainly not lacking in any way. He had worked in partnership with Carl F. Gould, another prominent Seattle architect who became the first director of the architecture department at the University of Washington. Huntington had served as president of the Washington State Chapter of the American Institute of Architects. He had worked nearly a decade as Seattle's first city architect. Given the responsibility of improving Seattle's architectural beauty, he designed several fire stations, the Lake Union Steam Plant, the Sanitary Market at the Pike Place Market, and the University Fremont and Ballard Bridges. He had designed the Fremont Public Library, the Washington Street Public Boat Landing on the Seattle Waterfront, and the prominent First Methodist Episcopal Church edifice downtown at Fifth Avenue and Marion Street. For Huntington to have devoted so much time and care to the Seventh Church Building Project, it must have been due more to his dedication to the cause of Christian science than to any need for architectural work. Even knowing they were starting fresh on selection of architects and soliciting new proposal, Huntington gave even more time to the Seventh Church project. He sketched a plan concept for the new lot at 8th and Halliday and discussed the project at length with the building committee and then again with the board. But in the end, Huntington was not selected. They heard from four other leading architects, Allen, Bader, Fowler, and Horrocks. Both Mr. Allen and Mr. Horrocks had strong support. The committee was divided, however, on the choice and asked the board to weigh in. The board wanted the building committee to come to unanimous decision. Finally, 
after lengthy discussions and prayerful consideration, in March 1926, they came to unanimous agreement. Surprisingly, they chose an architect who had not even been among those formally considered. They chose Harlan Thomas. A rising star among local architects, Harlan Thomas was the new head of the architecture department at the University of Washington, following Mr. Gould. Thomas was also the new president of the Washington chapter of the AIA. Like Huntington, who Thomas knew from decades earlier when they were both architectural apprentices in Denver, Thomas had designed part of the Pike Place Market, a building called the Corner Market, as well as other significant buildings in Seattle. He designed the public libraries in Columbia City and Queen Anne. When Thomas came to Seattle in 1906 for his own family home on Queen Anne Hill, he designed a Mediterranean-style villa with arched windows and doorways and stucco siding. He and his wife had traveled around the world, taking trips for 15 months and more at a time. He began a watercolor travelogue, which he later exhibited at the Henry Art Gallery. The time he spent in Italy influenced the architectural style of his later work, especially the Chelsea Hotel on West Olympic Place in Queen Anne and the Sorrento Hotel on Madison Street on First Hill. This Italian influence would also be apparent in the design for Seventh Church. Aside from an emphasis on unanimity, the committee recorded no explanation for their selection of architect. It probably helped that since his early career when he designed the Methodist churches in Fort Collins and Boulder, Colorado, Thomas had become quite an expert on the origins of ecclesiastic design. He gave lectures on the topic. For his most recent project, for the Seattle Chamber of Commerce at 3rd Avenue and Columbia Street, he gave their downtown building the look of an early Christian church. It probably also helped that his wife, Edith, and daughter, Dorothy, had both been studying Christian science since 1916 and had both joined Seventh Church in 1920. Edith, besides being his companion for world traveling, was also involved in his architecture business. Dorothy, as a child, had come on one of the round-the-world trips and, sharing her father's interest in history, gave a commencement speech as class historian when she graduated from the University of Washington in 1919. Harlan may have been at least an occasional visitor at Seventh Church services during its formative years. The Thomas family had since moved to the University District, where Dorothy joined Third Church. So the Thomases were no longer members of Seventh Church at the time of the selection. But personal relationships with members of the building committee were almost certainly influential. According to architect Robert G. Reichert, the architectural inspiration for Seventh Church, like Fourth Church, was primitive Christianity. The building was designed to remind visitors of an earlier era when Christians were healers. 
Thomas had done a neoclassical design with white column portico for Enumclaw City Hall, similar to Fourth Church. But for Seventh Church, he proposed something different, an early Christian revival edifice. Thomas's concept was a somewhat eclectic combination of elements from some of the earliest Christian churches. He envisioned a Romanesque-style building with three arched entry doors, stucco siding, a two-toned clay tile roof, and floral motif stone trim around leaded amber glass windows. Five construction contractors submitted bids, including Neil MacDonald. But despite Mr. MacDonald's good relationship with the Seattle Christian Science community and his experience with the third and fourth church-building projects, he did not win the seventh church project. As usual, MacDonald gave a low bid, but a slightly lower bid was received from Charles W. Karkeek. Abiding strictly by the practice of going with the lowest bidder, the building committee gave the contract to Mr. Karkeek. Karkeek was nephew of Seattle pioneer Morgan Karkeek, who would soon have a city park named after him. On May 17, 1926, Thomas came to a membership meeting at Queen Anne Hall. He explained his design with a slideshow. Thomas was a masterful public speaker, and his use of the latest technology for presentations must have been quite impressive. On July 28th, the members gave authorization to proceed. The project was announced in the Seattle Times on August 22nd with an architect's drawing of the future structure. The cornerstone was laid on September 22nd. Construction was quick and apparently uneventful. Members were kept informed of progress through reports at monthly meetings. There was no democratic discussion on the project, except informal acceptance of the decisions of the building committee. Within only a few months, the church was complete. Opening services for the 470-seat auditorium were held on Sunday, February 27, 1927. At Queen Anne Hall, their average attendance had been around 200. At the three opening services, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 8 p.m., the seating capacity was taxed to the utmost, many at each service having to stand. Even regular attendance increased to fill the auditorium. They began holding two Sunday school sessions, both well attended, for a lecture in their new auditorium, great numbers were turned away. The excellent natural acoustics in the auditorium was appreciated by the congregation and musicians. The distinctively unusual style of the building was appreciated by the local community. Harlan Thomas had created an architectural gem. The building project was completed almost exactly on time and on budget. It cost only 2000 over the original estimate, due to some extras added after the original bid. 
but because the members were not able to raise as much money as they expected, they ended up with $10,000 more debt than planned, their total indebtedness being $55,000. Consequently, they would have to do without some of the planned furnishings for a while. They would have pews, not chairs, a considerable savings, and no cushions for the wood pews. And despite the great need in rainy Seattle, the board could not justify the extra expense of purchasing umbrella racks for the foyer. The total cost of the building, with furnishings and landscaping, would be $82,000, an amount that would have staggered the little group of 37 charter members a few years before. But in the light of a clearer understanding of principle and the unfoldment of good, it seemed only the natural thing. But the church did not yet have a pipe organ. That major expense was still to be accomplished. Notwithstanding the cost-conscious approach of Seventh Church, they expressed a spirit of generosity even while building. They contributed to Fifth Church in Columbia City and Eighth Church in Lake Forest Park because they, too, were building. After the Seventh Church building was complete, there were some leaks to fix. They had to modify the roof drains and add some extra waterproofing. This showed the need for a sinking fund for maintenance on top of all their other expenses. But overall, the project was successful and the members were pleased. The next year, when it was time to elect new readers, their efficient, effective, and dedicated building committee chair, Oscar Marcus Collian, was given the honor by the membership of being elected first reader.
Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.